Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Okay, I know what some of you are thinking. Independent contractors again? Didn't Jen just talk about independent contractors? It is so crazy, you guys. I get calls about independent contractors every single day. It is fascinating to me how much confusion there is among employers about when someone can be an independent contractor and when they have to be treated as an employee. Many of you have heard me say in the past, honestly, independent contractors are no longer. You either have employees or you have vendors, right? The idea of having an individual as an independent contractor, particularly in California, has really gone by the wayside. But even outside of California, you know, California gets this rap of having all these crazy laws and crazy expectations for employers. And of course, that's all true. But we're not the only ones, right? There are many, many states that are dealing with the independent contractor issue. And the federal government has looked at it differently. So, In California, there's this law called AB5, Assembly Bill 5. And Assembly Bill 5 has been on the books for a couple of years. It's all about what an employer needs to show to prove independent contractor status. And as many of you will remember, there's something called the ABC test, which we'll talk about in a moment, that you really need to be applying pretty carefully when you're considering retaining the services of a contractor or vendor. Now, if you've been watching the news, at the end of July, there was a lot of press about trucker protests at the Port of Oakland here in California. The truckers were protesting because of AB5. Under AB5, they must be treated generally as employees. They don't want to be employees. They don't want to be told what to haul, when to haul it, when to come to work, when to go home, when to take a nap. They don't want to have any of that. They want to be able to set their own schedule, set their own loads, work the routes they want to work, and not be dictated by what anybody else is telling them to do. Now, unfortunately, AB5 is pretty clear that these truckers are not able to be independent contractors. Now, It is a different story, of course, if you have a trucker who has their own company, right? They have a federal taxpayer ID number. They advertise on the internet. They have other employees. They have workers' compensation insurance. They are a recognized corporate entity. It's a different issue. But what a lot of truckers have done for decades is said, okay, well, I'm just going to have my social security number be the number that I give for my 1099. And I'm not going to worry about it. The trucking company wants me to be a contractor because they don't have to pay taxes for me. I want to be a contractor because I don't want to be bossed around. So we could all live happily ever after. Well, under AB5, of course, there is what's called the ABC test. Now I have to tell you, the ABC test drives me crazy Because the A, the B, and the C don't stand for anything. It's more like there are three components to the ABC test. 
So the first thing that has to happen is the worker. Remember, if you have a true independent contractor, you should never have anything that calls that individual an employee. Um, you shouldn't have an employment agreement. You shouldn't call it the place where they provide services, the workplace, right? Because if they're vendors, they're not your employees. They have to be free from your control and direction, both under the contract that you have with them. You must always have a written contract with a vendor or independent contractor and in reality. So when I hire someone to paint my house and I sign a contract that says, please paint my house and this is the color I want it painted. I'm not out there saying, this is the brush you need to use. This is the tape you need to use. I wanna make sure you do the paint first and then you clean the windows, not the other way around. I don't get to dictate all that, right? When I hire someone to paint my house, I'm hiring somebody and I'm telling them the result that I want. So if you're focused just on the result and not how you get there, how the contractor or the vendor gets there, you may be okay on this element for independent contractor status. But they literally have to be free of your direction and control. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't tell the painter, you got to be done in three weeks. Or I don't want you to start before nine because the neighbors will be mad. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how they perform the services that we are retaining them to provide. Notice I didn't say hiring them to provide. Don't use any lingo when you're dealing with contractors that is actually related to employees. Now, the second part of the ABC test is that the worker has to be performing work that is outside the course of your usual business. For example, law firms like to hire lawyers as what they call contract lawyers. And they think this is no problem because the contract lawyers are gonna work independently. First of all, they're not working independently. My workers comp coverage is, is gonna cover them. So I wanna make sure they're doing their job. Second of all, I wanna make sure my client is being treated appropriately. So you can bet I'm not just gonna set a lawyer a contract lawyer out on a client and forget about it. That's not happening. But more importantly, the work that I do is being a lawyer, providing employment law services. I can't hire a contractor to do what I already do. Now, some of you are going to realize that this sounds very like the old test, the Borello test for independent contractor, where they said, look, you can't hire someone to do what employees are doing right? The court in the Borello decision, California Supreme Court said, look, if you've got employees performing the same tasks that your contractors are performing, that's a problem. That, that's going to mean that they're not actually independent contractors. So you can't hire someone to do what you're doing. So the trucker example is interesting because if I'm making widgets and I'm not transporting widgets, I should be able to meet this second requirement. I may not be able to meet the first one if I want to tell them what to do and how to transport my product and when to get there and when to come back. But I, I should be able to meet the second bullet. Remember, though, all three of these prongs must be satisfied to be able to meet the ABC test. 
The third and final requirement is that the worker has to be customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature of the services they're performing for you. So if I'm hiring a marketing company, the marketing company should be providing marketing services to other people, right? To other clients. It doesn't make sense that I would hire a marketing company that only is going to provide marketing to me. If that's the case, then why don't I just hire the marketing person as an employee and have them do my marketing work? You see what's going on here? So we've always known that if we hire a company, an organization to provide services, a marketing company, a law firm, an accounting firm, that's going to work. But now we're talking about this idea of they cannot perform the same functions your employees perform. And it has to be something that people would normally contract for. So like accounting services, marketing services, et cetera. Now, Assembly Bill 5 has a lot of different exceptions. In fact, there are more than 100 professions that are excluded from coverage. That doesn't mean the folks who provide those services are automatically going to be considered contractors. What it means is you go to the old multi-factor Borello test to decide if they're contractors. So rather than applying the shortened ABC test, you're going to apply that more lengthy multi-factor test that the Supreme Court announced in the Borello decision about 45 years ago. Now, so what do you do if you've got contractors? You're sitting here on this podcast and you're thinking, oh, great. Uh, I know this has been an issue, but now it's a big issue because I really realize now I got some risk. What do you do? Well, you have a couple of options, right? One option is to do nothing. Wait until somebody raises an issue and then try to get yourself out of it. So the idea is you don't want to rock the boat. Many people, by the way, who are contractors are happy to be contractors. They don't actually want to be employees. So if you decide you don't want to rock the boat, that's understandable, right? Now, of course, the downside is if you don't rock the boat, you've got some liability potentially down the road. So you may decide you're going to take the contractor and convert them or reclassify them to employee status. But timing is everything, right? It depends on when you want to do that and what else is going on in the organization. So you've got to take a more holistic look at what makes sense and how you want to go about that process. Now, of course, the positive of classifying a worker as an employee is you have no ambiguity, right? They're an employee. If they're non-exempt, they get rest breaks and meal periods. You know they're going to get paid at least minimum wage for all work they do. If you have them classified as exempt, they're going to have to meet a certain salary requirement and certain duties requirements. So you're in a situation where Things are a lot more clear if you just have everyone classified as employees. So why doesn't everybody do that? Well, it's expensive, right? Because you have to pay people not only their wages, but you've got to pay the state the employment training tax and the taxes on their wages and the payroll taxes. Also, for many organizations, they're very tied to their budget. And so if they say, we're not adding any employees this year, and now we're in a situation where we need them, rather than, than adding headcount, 
they're going to go get contractors because they just feel like that's going to be a better way to go, right? They don't want to muck with their budget. Totally understandable, by the way. I get the thought process. But the reality is that alone is not going to be a justification for somebody being an independent contractor, right? The, the independent contractor status is determined based on the factors that are at issue in the relationship, not based on the employee's intent. So that's the part that we have to think about is what risks am I taking when I misclassify a worker as an independent contractor? And as you know, the risks are significant. In California, we have a penalty of $25,000 per misclassification if you are willfully misclassifying a worker as an employee. In other words, if you knew that they really weren't going to meet the test and you did it anyway. We also have all sorts of penalties and assessments that the Internal Revenue Service, the California Franchise Tax Board, other state taxing entities, the Employment Development Department, the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board, all of these organizations have an interest in making sure that employees are properly classified and that they are getting their payments from you as the employer, they meaning these enforcement agencies, so the EDD, the IRS, for example. So it's very important that you do a full analysis. When you've got contractors already on the books, you want to look at when and if you should reclassify them and how and why. You've got to really be strategic in what you're doing and how you're doing it. Remembering that documentation will be discoverable unless you do it with a lawyer. So you want to be careful about emails you're sending and documents you're creating. So all of these issues are things that we need to consider. The bottom line is, I know it's frustrating. When somebody wants to be an independent contractor, we would much rather classify them as an independent contractor. It's very frustrating when we can't do that. But just like with overtime, just like with rest breaks and meal periods, the law says, look, we know better than the employer and the worker. We want to make sure that they're getting what they're entitled to. So if you've got independent contractors on your books, you need to do an audit. You need to take a look at it. If somebody asks you to be an independent contractor, the answer should be no, unless it is an actual organization, an entity that is up and running with corporate formalities and everything else that is required by the ABC test. I know this is tough, you guys. I know it's frustrating. But the best way to deal with it is just tackle it head on. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.